0: He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Listen, man, this guy's breaking (laughs) barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tucheri and
1: Michael
2: DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, every game's important and no doubt... uh be our longest layoff of the year uh between games and then obviously away from the rink so uh you know you want it on a good note especially uh this time of year uh being at home and uh you know guys are always excited about uh, getting a chance to have an afternoon game kind of just get up and get at it so um yeah no doubt uh want to build off last night and and uh I know we're going to be challenged tomorrow um and and what uh, philly brings so um no doubt uh Build on, uh, build on last night and, and uh, back up those two points. Another good effort
1: tomorrow. Leaf's Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penny combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's they're hoping to go off on a winning way, right? Go into the Christmas holidays feeling good. I mean, the vibes around Toronto have been strong for. A while now, I touched on it at the start of the one o'clock, uh, the noon hour, just how much of a tear this team has been on since coming back from that California swing where the first game was against the Flyers, the same team that they'll be playing in about an hour. Um, so I, I think the leaves that they could get this win and finish up the first portion, I suppose, pre-Christmas portion of the season strong, I think they'll be in good shape uh, coming off the other side.
0: Yeah, and they've got Samsonov and Net, who mm-hmm. is eight and one against Flyers in his career, most wins against any team. Eight and at home this season. Yep. You're feeling pretty good about that if you're the Leafs, if you're him, and especially tough game against the Caps. Kind of, kind of a weird one. Seemed like, just it's always weird going back. I'm sure against your former team too, and like the situation was strange with Ovi looking to tie Howe's record and possibly break it in the same night. Um, so that whole game just must have been a, a whirlwind of emotions for him. But um, he can settle back into a place where he clearly is his most comfortable playing, which is a great thing for this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, he'll get back into the lineup tonight. And then the other lineup change is Jordy Benton sliding in for um, Rasmus Sandin you know i I think that you look at tonight's game and, and we were talking about this a little bit with with Frankie, just you wonder if it's going to be a bit of a sloppy game this afternoon just based on the fact that both teams could they be potentially looking forward to Christmas already you know could they just be looking to get past this and i I, I only say that because when i I remember these afternoon next gen games and they're always so high scoring. Like every single time and I wonder if that's the mentality of these guys and you know when when you look at these two teams they're on completely polar opposite ends of of the spectrum right like the Leafs are rolling the Flyers eh, not so much um to to quote my good friend Louis Domingue but I I I just I'm curious how tonight this afternoon is is going to go from that regard
0: it's interesting you mentioned that too and and I feel like the one thing we always kind of talk about and we were talking about at the beginning of the season when the Leafs were struggling was when they were playing these teams that were considered below them and beneath them um – how they came out, and the Arizona game is one that I guess sticks out in a lot of people's minds is the one where it's like you couldn't beat Arizona. This team that's playing at Mullet Arena, and they don't even have a dressing room, and they're on the road for a million games, and you couldn't beat them and play play up to up to their level, so to speak. So um, that's always interesting. And then combine the two p.m. start, and you're like, "Wow, we could be getting into some some wackiness today."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be an interesting hockey game. Uh, Sam Carcina joining us in a couple of minutes. Flyers reporter for Philly Hockey. Now, I wonder what it's like being a, a Flyers reporter this year, just with John Tortorella being the head coach of this hockey My team. Goodness. Like it's 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 never a dull moment when one towards is the coach of a team it It really is not, and lately there's been this rift between him and kevin Hayes, and you know he's trying to say that this is a fabricated rift by by the media, and I mean maybe it's it's being run with a little bit more than than it is in the in the locker room. But, I mean, it's still something that I think is, like, for Sam, who covers the team on a daily basis, like, he's got to love all of the drama. It's just providing him with so much content. Like, when, when we were here in Toronto and earlier this season when the Leafs were, you know, struggling and then Sheldon Keith was – Putting his foot in his mouth almost every other day, talking about our elite players our being elite players, and then talking about how he apologized to his players. Like it gave us so much content and it was great to chat about. And now you look in Philly, it's like every single day you got this, you know, Hayes versus Tortorella thing. First it's okay, he was benched in uh, in the one game last week. He didn't play like the whole second, third period. And then it's okay, he got Completely healthy, scratched in a game against the New York Rangers, and then after coming back in that game, asked the question, what do you think about Hayes?" Like, I'm not answering this question. We're not going to talk about it. You're trying to put a wedge between us, and then you got Kevin Hayes talking about it. It's it's really a, a soap opera drama at this point.
0: It really is, and it's so surprising for a team that uh, obviously near the bottom of the league in standings. He's your leading point getter, which makes That's the situation bizarre, even more bizarre. And then I think even he said himself I thought I saw a quote saying he felt it it certainly wasn't warranted yeah which I mean I understand why you would say that like it's it's if you're if you're struggling to put up points and um you're you're not Doing what's expected of you, I guess, on the offensive end of things. Like, This is a young team. This is a team that is going to struggle the rest of the way. There's a reason why I think a lot of people thought they'd be closer to the bottom of the standings this year. Um, Claude Giroux gone, and Carter Hart was a question mark, and just so many different things happening. And then Kevin Hayes is a bright spot, and... It's no longer. It's no longer. And now, now <laughs> whether he wants a rift or not, there's a rift. It doesn't matter yeah. if he if he thinks there isn't one or not. There's going to be one for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely the the dark cloud in a way um that's hanging over the team right now in this very moment along with the fact that they're not winning a whole lot. Um on the line, uh we got Sam Karchity, Flyers reporter for Philly Hockey Now. Sam, how are you? Good afternoon,
2: guys. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, we're doing pretty well, pretty well. Excited for some afternoon hockey, although, you know, we were talking about it because we're in the industry, how afternoon hockey, especially on weekdays, doesn't, it doesn't seem to work as well with our schedules. I'm curious, like, do you prefer afternoon hockey? Like, what's your feelings on that one in the 2 p.m. game today?
2: Yeah, well, it's so unusual. I mean, I covered baseball for a lot of years, and I I used to love afternoon baseball games because, you know, then you had uh, your night free, and. And uh, so I actually like it, you know, I'd rather it's unusual in this business, as you guys know, to have a, a free night. So uh, I actually like it. And uh, um, but I've heard so many different explanations as to why I, I guess they have uh, the young players playing an early game. And then and then the, they just figured they'd have uh, the NHL go at it after. Is that is that true? Is that why it's a two o'clock game?
1: Yeah, I mean, they they refer to it as the next-gen game, so this happens every single year. It's a 2 p.m. game right before the Christmas holiday, and they come in and they play it, and then that's it for for the first portion, I guess, of the season uh, before going out for Christmas. And I guess Philly just drew the short straw, and they happen to be the, the opponents that have to play this game this year. We've seen the Devils in the past, the Hurricanes in the past, and... This year, I guess, it's uh, Philadelphia, and your afternoon is now kind of uh, burdened a little bit by it, I suppose. But we were just talking about, um, just before we got you on, about John Tortorella and the Kevin Hayes situation that's looming right now. But just in general, like, it's his first season in Philadelphia. I mean, what's it been like covering a team with Tortorella at the helm for reporters? Like, it must be a dream. He's he's such a, a content machine.
2: Yeah, two words. Never boring. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, e- e- every day is different, and you you don't know what to expect. And and uh, yeah, and the Kevin Hayes thing to me has been fascinating. And and uh, I asked towards a, about it the other day. I said, you know, it was Kevin Hayes' first game back, and I said, what did you think of Kevin Hayes' play? And he said, you know, you guys, meaning all the media, you guys, are just trying to stir this thing up, and. Uh, You know, it's ridiculous. You're trying to pit me against him and him against me. And, uh, well, actually, John, I was just trying to get your impressions of Alley (laughs) Place. Because, because he, you know, he had benched him for the, uh, previous game, as you know, and then the the game before that, he benched him for the third period. So, um, you know, so (laughs) if he doesn't think that question is going to be asked, he's he's in, you know, another world because, you know everybody wanted to know what he thought about he, he's had a kind of an uneventful game it wasn't great wasn't bad you know he 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 created some scoring chances had three shots uh you know five shots uh shot attempts and three on goal and 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 didn't they didn't really stand out but didn't stand out the other way either by making a, a turnover or a bad play which is uh, part of the reason that uh, Tortorello benched him he doesn't like his play defensively, he doesn't like his play without the puck and, and that's one of the reasons why he moved him from center. This guy's played center his entire career and he moved him to right wing at first. Now he's at left wing. And, you know, he's a sacrifice uh for Tortorella. And uh has he been perfect? Far from it. Has he made turnovers? Yes he has. But so have other players on the team. And uh but Torch right now is is uh a punching bag, if you will, and and he's going to make an example out of him. And uh, what does that do to the rest of the team? I I don't know if it does much. I I, I disagree with the benching uh, for the whole game. And I wrote this for Philly Hockey. Now I I could understand him benching him for the third period. You send a message, okay? But why do you have to send a message for the third time this year? Because he benched him in the third period of a game earlier in the year. They actually, benched him and Travis and connecting has really responded to having an all-star season but uh you know i don't know how many times you have to bench a veteran who you know let's face it you've, you've played you've played nine ten years in a league you, you develop habits some of them are good some of them aren't so good and and you're not going to change those habits overnight so I, I i disagree with the benching uh the other day against the rangers but uh, i'm not the coach and and uh you know, Tord's got a lot of questions on it, uh, as you can expect, but uh, he did not want to answer any questions to do with Kevin Hayes uh, the other day. But Hayes, should point out, uh, has been the Flyers' leading scorer for almost the entire season. So it's not like the guy's had a bad year. I mean, he's been uh, producing offensively, but uh, Tortorello has had problems with his defense, and uh, that's where we're at right now
0: makes the situation so much more fascinating that he is the team's leading point getter and um, whether torts wants to admit it or not or whether he thinks there's not there's going to be a rift and there's going to be more questions so i guess the the next question is how do you see this situation playing out between the two and do you think this signals um maybe the end of hayes's time in philly do you think it gets that far do you think they can mend this pretty quickly what what, what do you think is going to happen
2: yeah, I think they can mend it, and uh, but, but that doesn't mean that hey, they won't try to trade Hayes. I mean, he's got a heavy contract, $7.1 million uh, the next three years. And and uh, I know Elliot Friedman talked the other day about a potential buyout, and that's certainly a possibility. And uh, I guess it all depends on which direction they go. I, to me, I think you do need a, a veteran or two, even if you are going to do a total rebuild. I think you need a couple of veterans to, to lead the way. Um, you know, they they might, at the end of the year, think that, hey, we, we want to go a different direction and bring another veteran in instead of Hayes. But, you know, I think right now it's probably 50-50 on, on whether he'll be back here next year or whether they trade him or, or buy him out. Um, the one good thing with all the injuries the Flyers have had, uh, you know, some of the young Flyers have stepped up, guys like Morgan Frost uh, and Owen Tippett. They're both on the same line and they have a veteran in JVR kind of stabilizes that line and uh, as I said I think you're going to need a guy whether it's Hayes or another veteran you're going to need uh, a veteran on each line to stabilize things whether it's JVR on one line and Hayes on another or maybe Scotty Lawton on another and, and uh, but this team does need to go into a, a rebuild and, and again that doesn't mean you get rid of all the veterans so for that reason I would say it's it's 50-50, and it depends where they finish as well. I mean, are they going to uh, get a top three, four pick and, and get a player in here who will play right away? Uh, you know, that will fit into the equation, too, on whether Kevin Hayes stays or Kevin Hayes goes.
1: We're chatting with Sam Carcidi of uh, Flyers Porter for Philly Hockey. Now, a player that you had mentioned who had responded Positively to the benching earlier in the season was Travis connectney and you know after a surge here of late, he's two goals shy of surpassing his entire goal total from a year ago. I mean, how has he really elevated his game as of late? And you know what role has John Tortorella maybe played in that?
2: Yeah, I think Tortorella's played a big role in that, and, and good for uh, good for him because he you know he recognized the talent. And he recognized that uh hey this is a guy that probably should play in all situations. He had not been playing on the PK, but this year Tortorella to his credit put him on the penalty kill. He's been very good. Scott Lawton's been very good on the penalty kill and and uh, the other day Tortorella mentioned that uh he sees some Cam Atkinson uh in Travis Connect and Atkinson of course played with uh Tortorello for about six years with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So uh, and he had Atkinson on the on the penalty kill, and it, you know, when you're a player like TK, you're not uh, real big. You have to develop in other areas, and he has the instincts, and and uh, you know, he's, he scored his 1st shorthanded goal of his career the other day. But he has those instincts to create offense on the penalty kill, and and as does Scott Lawton, and uh, you know, that's a positive thing. I think uh, I think Tortorella's really done a good job of of giving Kine- the – confidence and by playing him in all situations and uh there's no question he'll be a, he'll be an all-star this year he's got uh, 14 goals and i think he's played 27 games so you know you can't beat that and he, and he's played uh mostly on the second line uh recently so um uh, you know uh props to him for uh, really turning around he has had two seasons that were less than uh uh, terrific. Before that, he had uh, 24 goals for uh, three straight years, but uh, he's really responded to Tortorella, and, and that's uh, that's been one of the positives, maybe uh, the best positive of this uh, disappointing Flyers season.
0: Speaking of turnarounds, Carter Hart's season last year was disastrous after a promising season prior to that. Um, and he's he's been great this year. He's really turned it around. I don't know how many people expected him to maybe turn things around, given the situation in Philadelphia with them, um, with the Flyers, just in the team-building process that they're in. Um, but that's obviously great to see if your Flyers management and fans because you you feel like you've got a goalie that you can build around how much of the turnaround do you think gets contributed to the structure and the system around him that Torts has brought in um, and how much goes I guess to the natural development and him being a young goaltender and still finding his way
2: yeah I, I think a little bit of both and uh, but you could see he, he just did not have confidence last year you could read his body language and And, uh, he would give up a goal and, and he would be slumped over and, and, you know, looking at the rafters and his body language has been much better this year. And with a goalie, I think that's very important. I talked to Bernie Perron, of course, is a goaltending legend here in Philly. And, and, uh, he thinks goaltending is, uh, a lot more mental than people, uh, think. And, and I think that was the case with Carter Hart and, uh, he just seems, and, and the funny thing is, he missed the entire training camp this year because of an injury, and he had just stepped in and got off to a terrific start. And, and then I, I'd say for four, five, six games, um, you know, he had a little bit of a tailspin, and now he's uh, back on track. But he doesn't let uh, a goal bother him as much as it did in, in the past, um, and, and that that's a big reason for his uh, improved play. And you mentioned the defense and. The defensive system of Tortorella, that's played a part in it, but, uh, um, you know, they, they are playing a lot of kids. so They are going to make some mistakes and, uh, and Carter Hart has been there for the most part. He's had some problems on breakaways. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, it's certainly a lot of goalies do, but there was a stretch there We had given up uh, goals in, uh, I think four out of five games on breakaways and, and just did not really look like himself but that that seems to have been corrected in the last couple of games so again like Kevin Hayes he has not been perfect but he's been much better than last year and uh, you know he he's he's their guy moving forward I mean if you know I'm sure if somebody came in and offered a, a ton of draft picks and players for him the Flyers would of course have to listen when you you've only won one playoff series in a decade you have to listen but it would take an awful lot for him for them to move Carter Hart.
1: Interesting. That's it's the first time I've heard about Hart potentially being not that he's being shopped or anything like that, but somebody mentioning that Philly would be yeah, open to potentially. Yeah,
2: he hasn't been shopped. Uh, shop, but Flyer fans on Twitter, uh, they they always have a lot <laughs> to say. And as you know, and, and some of them have suggested, hey, we're so far down, we're so far away from contending. Yeah. You know, we're wasting Carter Hart's best years. What what if we traded him for a package and you got say two number one picks and and some young prospects that are gonna, you know, uh really be here for long term. Uh so that that's the only reason I brought it up. They are not actively shopping him. I I don't want to give the wrong impression. But like I said, when you've won one playoff series in a decade, I think you have to listen to everything. I mean, everything's gotta be on the on the table and including Carter Hart, but believe me, they're they are not looking to trade him at the moment. So, Sam, we're about forty
1: minutes or so from puck drop between the Flyers and the Maple Leafs. What's uh, what's the game plan got to be really today to try and stop the the high powered Maple Leafs team?
2: Yeah, I think the Flyers have to play a conservative game, uh, a defensive type game, and uh, you know, rely on Carter Hart to try to steal like a two one win, something like that. Uh, you know. Toronto's going to get its shots you guys know better than anybody. They're they're an offensive force. But, you know, I think the Flyers have to try to keep those shots to the perimeter. Uh, if they do that, um, you know, they'll be competitive. I see them being competitive for a while, but I think the Leafs just have too much firepower. This Flyers team right now, uh, you know, missing Atkinson, missing Sean Couture, uh, among others, uh, they just don't have the firepower. So if they're going to win against one of the – Elite teams in the league, they're going to need a great goaltending from Carter Hart, and he has stolen some games this year. And they're going to have to play a defensive game, and they're going to have to stay out of the penalty box because, um, you know, the Leafs have a, a real good power play. So, you know, that's, and they're going to have to capitalize. I mean, in the games they've won against some of the elite teams, um, the Flyers have capitalized on their power play. The power play overall, though, has not been very good. And, uh, so, I'd be surprised, let's put it this way, if the Flyers won. And I'm looking at like maybe a 4-2, 4-2 Toronto win, uh, Flyers being respectable, but uh, I just don't think they have the firepower to match up with the Maple Leafs. I
1: like it. I like it. You gave me an exact score, you gave me a prediction, and I love that on this show. I appreciate taking the time to chat with us today, Sam, and enjoy the game today. My pleasure. Happy holidays, guys. You as well. There you go, Sam Carcidi, Flyers reporter for Philly Hockey. Now, um, <laughs> yeah, he's not expecting, uh, not expecting the Flyers to to have the upset today. And to be quite honest with you, neither am I. Let's get to Al's Brothers School of Degeneracy.
2: Time now for Al's Brothers School
1: of Degeneracy.
2: Back to school.
1: All right, Luca, about 40-ish minutes away from puck drop. We got the Leafs hosting the Flyers in the next-gen game couple of plays that I like today. I like the Leafs to win this game, and I like the over five and a half goals in regulation. You can parlay those together at plus 135. The Leafs have won four straight against the Flyers, including earlier this season, which helps set up for this turnaround that they've had this year. The game has gone over five and a half in eight of their last 10 meetings. Between these two and we already talked about how these afternoon next-gen games are just wild craziness so i think it could certainly see six or more goals tonight and at least w at the end of the day not to mention uh a guy by the name of ilya samsonov has yet to lose when he starts in Scotiabank arena i think that continues tonight uh, kevin hayes though the guy we've been talking about a little bit over two and a half shots get plus money for him to get three shots on goal, something he's done in 50% of his games, but he's done it in six of his last seven games outside the one that he's been benched. So I think that uh, he's got a lot to prove. So over three and a half shots paying plus 118 for Kevin Hayes. And I like Austin Matthews to get a power play point, over half a point on the power play, paying plus 104. Flyers' penalty kill on the road has been abysmal, 70%. And the least. despite not having a, a, a great power play of late at home, it's been red hot, 30%. Austin Matthews coming off a game where he did score a power play goal. He had two primary power play points last time they played Philly, also back on November 2nd. So those are three plays that I like for today's matchup, my friend.
0: I love them all. I I want to just go put money on all of them now because I feel like they're all locks.
1: I have and you can and you can listening as well. Uh, all those plays can be found over on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, Luca, on the other side, we've been doing this all week long. It's the five days of Christmas. It's our Thursday edition. We're doing some Canadian gift giving. What would we like to give to each of the seven Canadian teams We'll find out next. I'm Mike DiStefano with Luca Cellebre, listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN
2: 1050. Bad news has done it again.
1: Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here.
0: Instead of first this year, I just want my family. I want you for that.
1: Listening all week, then you know it's time for the Leafs launch five days of Christmas segment. We've been doing it all week, and today's segment is going to be the Canadian gift of gift giving. We're giving each Canadian team a gift, but before we get into it, Luca, okay? You gave us a gift. You gave us myself a gift. To be honest with you, I don't know how many many people caught it, but we're gonna play a piece of audio where you just said in the nice way, basically. Philadelphia sucks, and I'm surprised that Carter Hart has looked so well because they suck so bad. This is what you had to say when we were having a chat with Sam Garcini.
0: And he's he's been great this year. He's really turned it around. I don't know how many people expected him to maybe turn things around, given the situation in Philadelphia with them, um, with the Flyers, just in the team-building process that they're in. <laughs>
1: flyers in the team building process that they're in basically like yeah they should probably tear it down because they suck and just start from scratch but hey carter hart somehow his numbers look pretty good all things considered is basically what you just said not the best I'm, i thought it was funny i'm happy it was polite at least well that's that's the canadian way you're the, the kale canadian. mccarr you're the kale mccarr Thank of you. Uh, of of broadcasters <laughs> just the most polite guy what did you think about that actually as an abs fan quickly like did was does that land him on the naughty or nice list what he did the other night waving off that power play
0: i mean it lands him on the nice list i the, the one issue i had with it was like we're we're fighting for points here okay we need some power plays in these games like and especially well, kale too he's he's on a bit of a cold streak like you want a power
1: play and like it was a zero-zero game, was yeah. it not? So yeah, you might need that. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, Mike Johnson, I saw him on SC earlier today, um, has Kale McCarr as his fifth player, when he did his top five for Norris voting, he's got him all the way down to number five. And uh, yeah. yeah, who do you think he's got at
0: number one? Oh, number one, um, I honestly don't know this year. He's got Rasmus Dalin as his number one guy
1: at the Christmas break. I like
0: that. All
1: right, let's get into our five days of Christmas. So um, what would we gift to each Canadian team? Why don't we start with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the team that we cover here on Leafs Lunch. Um, I'll let you go since you are uh, you are the guest co-host today. We'll let you start it off. What would you like to gift this squad?
0: Well, if, if the Leafs are getting a gift under the Christmas tree this year, it's going to be one that is... Big. It's going to be in a big box, probably uh-huh. the the size of the tree, if not bigger. A top six <laughs> winger with with some size, with some scoring, and um, there are a few names that come to mind. We've talked about JVR, but um, on on previous shows I've done with Julia, Ryan O'Reilly, Bo Horvat, are names that people are tossing out. Timo Meyer seems very unlikely for any team because he's just having an incredible season. Yeah, and I don't know why the Sharks wouldn't want to bring him back. Kind of like they what they did with Hurdle. It would take so much to get him. Don't know if the Leafs have it, but there are a lot of options out there. Do you have a preference as to who you want to see?
1: Um. Yeah. Like if I had at my pick of the litter, and and, and I could gift them any any top six player, any top six forward, winger, center, whatever it might be with some size, some scoring. I mean, it would be Ryan O'Reilly. I I think he would be the best fit uh, for what this team needs, right? He brings that size. He brings the scoring touch. He brings that pedigree of being a a Stanley Cup champion, a cons might winner, a guy who knows how to play in the playoffs. Um, So he's just checks off so many boxes. That would be like the perfect scenario. I don't know if they... Will go big game hunting. I don't know if they'll, you know, pony up the assets that will be asked to do so. And I, you know, there could be other teams. And it's not only that they could pony up the assets, but there just may be better offers out there, realistically, for for a guy like a Ryan O'Reilly if someone wants to bring him in. But that would probably be the gift that I give them as well—a nice wrapped-up Ryan O'Reilly right underneath the tree. Open it up. Hello, welcome to the top six. Play him at center. Play him at wing. Wherever you want, he's going to succeed with this club. So um, I, I'm I'm with you. Top six score with some score and touch and a bit of size and winning pedigree is to boot. Yeah, I think that's uh that would be a great gift for, for the Toronto Maple Leafs to receive. Let's move uh let's move to Montreal. What would you like to give Montreal for Christmas?
0: This was a tough one. And I don't know about you, um but they kind of got their gift with with St. Louis sticking around like that that would be the gift like interim head coach and he was doing so well. Steph, this is Steph's gift to Montreal that um, that we uh, we are using because I thought it was just it, it was great because he has been amazing for this team. And so you know, just wrap him up. Put him under the tree. Open it up. You're going to be just as happy, if not more happy, that he's sticking around. (laughs) The young guys have played so well under him, and you see who's leading them in points. It's Nick Suzuki. It's Cole Caulfield. It's Kirby Duck. Those are their top three. They're playing great. Slavkovsky's going to take some time. I think we all knew that. Um, If you're looking for another gift, maybe some more minutes for him. But it's, it's what you want to see, I think. And they're still competitive with this roster, which... Is maybe the greatest gift of all if you're a Montreal fan because they're competitive, but they're still losing, which is good because then you'll get another really good young player. Everything is everything is going well.
1: So basically, you said this Steph is is just regifting what they got a season ago. So what she definitely did to her kids growing up was, whatever toy they got when they were two. She wrapped it back up and gave it to them when they were three, and they didn't even realize, and they were just so happy to get it, and she was like, I'm a great mom. That's exactly what that tells me, what Steph did with her kids during the Christmas holidays. Um, for me, Montreal, I, I, I want to give them Carey Price's health back. And this is honestly not even just a gift to Montreal fans, but like to hockey fans in general. Like The game is just better when Carey Price is between the pipes. He's not what he used to be, obviously. But if you give him his health back, I think that he still would be, like Montreal Canadiens fans, would want nothing more than that that would be at the top of their christmas wish list if they could ask for anything i think it would be his health back so if i could give him that then uh then then i would um let's move just slightly east of the border to the ottawa senators what would you like to gift the ottawa senators and pierre dorian
0: for me to bring it and his scoring touch—just sprinkle some some magic holiday spirit on his hockey <laughs> sticks and his tape and his gloves—and just find that scoring touch again because he's he's on pace. What's he, at? For, What's he at this year? He's not doing well, and it's it's surprising because I think we all thought it was just going to be the perfect fit, and you had so many yeah. playmakers on this Sens team. Obviously, you don't have a Patrick Kane type of playmaker, but nine goals in 32 games for DeBrinket is quite surprising. And the other surprising part of it is he's got 22 assists. He's on pace... For basically a point per game, which he's never done in his career, which I was or he's done once in the in the 52 game yeah short shortened year. season, but over an 82 game stretch or 70 plus game stretch, he's never done it, so he's basically on pace to do that, which is surprising. It's just the goals. I think the senators were hoping for more goals from him, so that's what I would give them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Someone who they expect, you know, was a two-time forty-goal scorer. I think uh, 9 through thirty-two, they were they're hoping to get a little bit more. Uh, that's a good one for sure. How about uh, a defenseman? Maybe a Jacob Chicharun, the top one out on the Ooh. market right now. If you could wrap up a nice little Jacob Chicharun, shove him under the tree for all <laughs> of uh, those sicko Sens fans to open up on Christmas morning. Yeah, darn right, they'll all be super excited to to bring in that. Like that's their biggest issue. It's Like, yeah, some guys aren't scoring. Like, to break it, he's not, you know, doing exactly what you expected him to do. They've had some injuries, Stutzla, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Norris. Like, there's been some injuries there. But ultimately, they just don't have the blue line to to you know be a, a real contender here. But if they add a guy like Jacob Chikrin into that uh, that that mix of that already has the Thomas Shabbat, they've got that young Jake Sanderson kid who's up and coming, Artem Zub they just signed to an extension. I think that that puts them in a little bit of a better situation. So uh, Jacob Chikrin would be just a tremendous gift to Ottawa Senators fans, and I mean they have the assets. I still don't know why this trade hasn't been done yet. Like, I would be giving up. Like, if I have to overpay for them, and I'm Ottawa, I have so many assets, I would 100% have done this by now. I'm, I'm not sure why he's not in his sense uniform, but say, lovey, That's not, uh, I'm not the general manager, obviously. I'm not Pierre Dorian. But that would be the gift that I would like to give uh, to, to the Ottawa Senators. The Winnipeg Jets, what would you like to gift them?
0: I don't want to give them anything because they're ahead of the Avs in the Central. So I, I am just putting coal in their stockings and not giving them anything. No, no Christmas card. No chocolate. No holiday card. Nothing. They can. I don't know. What do you want to give them? Because I, I quite frankly don't want to see them up at the top of the Central anymore. You know what
1: though? Like what's super impressive about that is, is you look at. The amount of injuries that they've sustained mm-hmm. and the adversity that they've sustained throughout the season, and they're still up there at the top of the, at the top of the Central. So, you know, I just want to give them good health. You know, in the way that like Carey Price, that's a bit of a different situation. This is just like for everybody, the whole team. I mean, from Nick Ehlers, who's missed the whole year, Blake Wheeler's been out a bit. Hellebuck's been battling, you know, in this last couple of games. You've had Nate Schmidt who's missed some time, and of course, Rick Bonus has had his battles as well with health over the course of this season. So, just good health and good vibes. Vibes going on in Winnipeg. There's that skirmish, that little thing that was going on with Mark Mathada online the other day in Winnipeg. Like, just They need some good health and some good vibes because they're a good hockey team. And last year was a down season. Things kind of went awry. But look, they're built well. I think uh, they've done a tremendous job putting together a pretty well-balanced, um, good to, good goal-scoring team. they got great goaltending with Hellebuck. I think if they can get some good health, they can make a run here. Despite how you as an abs fan would feel about that so that's what i'd like to give them uh let's keep moving out west to the edmonton oilers i'll start with this one Go for it. because i think there's only one thing and one thing only that a guy like peter shirelli would like to open up under the christmas tree and that's a a, a campbell contract do-over option It's the little clause where you can get out of that deal. I mean, he just signed five by five and his numbers are atrocious. A four oh two goals against an eight sixty six save percentage. And he's allowed the six most goals allowed above expected in the entire National Hockey League it's been a a an abysmal start for for Jack Campbell it's just not working out there I, or Ken Holland sorry not Peter Chiarelli, although he can have some lump of cool too he's made plenty of mistakes <laughs> over saying, the that's course of course it's probably a deal career. he would have
0: signed too <laughs>
1: it, 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 he honestly he probably would have made that signing i mean he's made a lot of terrible signings when he was with Edmonton but uh, yeah Kenny Holland obviously if he could redo that contract, I think that would probably be at the top of his wish list, so I'd like to gift the opportunity to do that to him. Plus, you know, Stuart Skinner's kind of coming on, and they mm-hmm. got him signed long-term, too. So it's not as much as a need as it seemed to be this past summer. Maybe if they had that chance to kind of redo and and and, and reverse that deal, I feel like they would.
0: I think they would, too. And if you're not going to gift them a do-over, maybe you gift them a defenseman because I think part of the problem is Campbell and even Skinner, to to a certain degree because his numbers, although better than Campbell's, aren't amazing. Um, they have not played great, but the defense in front of them has also been abysmal, and they didn't really do anything to help that unit this off-season. so give them anyone. Can we also put...
1: Um... Uh, just as an aside with the Edmonton Oilers uh, a trade for Yessy Puyearvi a change of scenery yeah. let's 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 also give that to Yessy Puyearvi who's had a real tough season tough go in Edmonton all right quickly we got two more the Calgary Flames i want to give them the 2021-22 version of Jacob Markstrom cuz this guy has not been it this year, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was saying, I suck at goaltending. Like, I just suck right now. And, uh, you know, Calgary on the outside looking into a playoff spot, um, that a lot of it has to do with the, the poor goaltending. I mean, Dan Vladar has essentially turned Markstrom into a workhorse, turned him into a tandem goalie, just the way that things have shaked out there. So if they can get him playing back to the way he was a season ago, where he was a best-in-the-candidate, um, that's what I would like to give the Calgary Flames. and That would be best-case scenario for them.
0: I'm going to gift them the ghost of Christmas past in Jonathan Huberdeau because it's been tough sledding so far for Huberto and Calgary oh, yeah. as far as the production goes. Only five goals, not known as a goal scorer, but he scored 30 last year, so definitely not on pace to do that again. Um, they, I think when we, we saw those trades and the, the moves that the Flames made in the wake of Gaudreau and Kachuk leaving, we were impressed because of who they got back. It's... Doesn't look as good when Huberto isn't producing as well as he did in Florida. So I would yeah. I would give them that past version of him back, and it's tough. He's it's his first year in Calgary. There's a lot going on, so I understand maybe a slow start.
1: So we're both basically giving them the the twenty one twenty two versions of of what their guys used to be. You can maybe throw Nassim Kadri into that yeah. uh, as well. A guy who had an outstanding year, and you know he's playing all right, but he's not playing as well as he did a season ago. Um, so for them, maybe just you know have those guys resurge the way that they did a year ago. Uh, and lastly, Vancouver, let's give them just give them some direction, a plan. <laughs> and I'm gonna give producer Steph credit for this term, a Vanna plan. Let's give them a Vanna plan. In the same, it. I don't know what this team wants to do. Like the, it, it seems like they should blow it up. They haven't, they haven't fired their coach yet, which we all know is coming at some point. They are scratching Brock Besser, thinking about training him, haven't done so yet, but then they're also going out and they're saying, well, we want to make hockey deals. It's like, what 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 plan, what direction does this team really want to go in? Do they want to blow it up? Do they want to remain competitive? Can they do any of those things? They need a strong plan in place that we will coin as the Vanna plan and that's we tucked nicely wrapped up very thick book by the way <laughs> underneath the christmas tree
0: yeah that better be like thousand plus pages at least i'm gonna give bo horvat a new home in colorado potentially for for maybe cheap <laughs> let's let's not give up too that's too not much. a gift to vancouver then for cheap yeah <laughs> that's not a gift all right it's a selfish gift it's my gift
1: <laughs> oh god i would hate to be your girlfriend you're a selfish gift giver i hate it so much <laughs> hate it so much. Uh, all right. That was fun. That was fun. Um, that uh, does it for Thursday's edition of the five days of Christmas. We have one final one that we'll do tomorrow to wrap it up before the Christmas holiday break. Uh, on the other side, though, there's some really good audio. Vinny Trocek. We've been talking a lot about uh, about being – you know paisans and italians have been littered throughout this show vinnie trotrek talking about his grandmother cooking meals for the team oh, we'll play that audio it was really funny um so we'll do that on the other side i'm mike de with luca Celebre of bar down you listen to leafs lunch here on tsn 1050 this is leafs lunch on tsn 1050 the leafs live here What kind of a cook is your grandma if she can
2: cook for 22 athletes? She's Italian.
0: Every meal's for 25 people, whether it's for four or for 100. Um, But yeah, it was good. Everybody came over. Uh, We had the whole team over. Just good to have everybody kind of get a home-cooked meal
2: on the road. It's rare that you get that. So um, it was fun. My grandmother loves doing it, so she had a blast as well.
1: Ah... Nona's Cooking. Everybody wants a piece of Nona's cooking. Leaf's lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa Prepaid Cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. You got uh, you got I mean, you've gotta have some big Italian meals that you'll be anticipating over the next week or so uh, potentially this weekend. No Luca?
0: Oh always. I mean uh, any holiday, any time it's it's an occasion, it's a it's a 12-course meal that (laughs) you will never fully recover from until the next year?
1: People, like, every time I put out a picture of charcuterie, and I guess I've become known for my my family's love of a good charcuterie board slash antipasto, um, people think, like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. Like, that's your dinner? No, that's (laughs) just a snack. Yep, just mid-afternoon snack or a, a snack during, you know, the football game or something like
0: that. <laughs> While the pasta's getting, getting made, oh yeah. you know.
1: It's 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 crazy and then there's plenty more eats that'll happen uh, afterward. I uh, appreciate you joining us, Luca. I think you'll be back with us at some point next week as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll catch up with you again uh next week, but thank you so much. That does it for us here today. Game coming up in 5 minutes. You got the Leafs. You got the Flyers. Uh, I'm Mike DeStefano for Luca Gelabre. Gameplay coming up next.